Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery. Every week we are examining something new, bringing you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company or any guest on the show. This is for educational purposes only and not intended to make an offer or solicitation for any companies or securities mentioned. With that, let's get on with the episode. All right, so we're here with Amal Durai. He is a partner at Anorak Ventures. Welcome, Amal. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, so let's start with uh, you know telling us a little bit about yourself uh, and Anorak. You know the origin story and and also you know where you specialize. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you first about Anorak. So Anorak was started by Greg Castle, who's the managing partner. It's just the two of us. Um, so Greg was a seed investor in Oculus, um, and that uh, investment obviously you know sold to. Facebook for $3 billion within uh, you know, a couple of years of being founded. Incredible success story. So coming out of that success, um, he um, did some angel investments and then started Anorak Ventures. Um, Anorak is a British slang for someone who's incredibly obsessive about something and, hmm. and um, kind of a, a more extreme version of a nerd. And uh, those are the founders we tend to invest in. So we invested in, we invest in differentiated technology. Um, and you know companies with a technological advantage, and um, you know we have, I would say about a third of our portfolio in VR, and we also invest in what we call computing in the third dimension. So bringing in intelligence from the physical world, computer vision, AI, um, sensing, and then outputting into the physical world from the digital world, um, robotics, connected hardware, um, and so. We, we've been around since 2016, and my personal story is I was an entrepreneur in enterprise software. I started a collaboration company called uh, LiveLoop. Uh, we sold that to Microsoft in 2015, where I came in and kind of helped integrate the LiveLoop tech into the fabric of the Office 365 real-time collaboration platform. So I was always thinking about enterprise collaboration, and kind of last year I was thinking about starting another enterprise collaboration company. And I sort of started to break the problem down into first principles. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're talking to each other like this. I don't particularly enjoy it. And I was thinking, you know, what is it that makes in-person conversations so much more pleasant, engaging, fun than, um, than remote work? And that's when I started to get into, you know, what is the real difference between seeing someone in flesh and seeing someone on a screen? And that 2D to 3D gap is where, I started to think about VR. And then as soon as I put on that Oculus Quest 2, um, I said, you know, this is where I want my career to be. So I I started writing about VR um, connected with Greg and I joined Anorak um, earlier this year in February. Awesome. Yeah, no, obviously a, an incredible success story for you both. Um, the, you know, I think the, the, the foundation of this conversation is really around some of the stuff you're investing in, specifically mm-hmm. around, you know, the concept of the metaverse. And I, I think- yep. One way we like to kind of frame the question, which is, you know, what is the definition? We know there's a lot of definitions that go in all different ways, but really it's around the use cases. Like what use cases are you seeing? What tangible value is being created? And I think that's ultimately what allows, um, you know, this concept to come together. You know, the media has some version of the of the metaverse, but like from your point of view, obviously you, you have an investment hat on, so you're seeing something there, right? Tangibly. Yep. Um, t- talk us a little bit about, you know, your your general definition in the lens of using use cases as, as the, the proxy. Yeah. 
So definitely the word metaverse has been overloaded from a marketing perspective. Um, when Mark Zuckerberg said he's all in on the metaverse last year, um, I think everyone who was marketing something decided to attach it to the word metaverse. Oh, we're, we're, we're metaverse-y. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I will leave aside any conversations about cryptocurrency and things like that because it's not where we it's not where we're involved. Um, the way I think about the metaverse is two things. One is the 3D aspect of it, the VR, AR, and then just the 3D aspect of, you know, you can have a 3D experience on a 2D screen, like a video game. Um, and this makes a huge difference in how real something feels to someone. So when we're playing a video game online, you know, it's it's much different and you have to really try it to feel it than if we're interacting with each other in these 3D environments. And the other aspect of metaverse that I think is pretty important is, um, you know, the massively multiplayer, multi-user aspect of it. That, you know, it's like Times Square in New York. Everyone in one place. You can hear, you can see, you can't smell yet, but, you know, maybe for Times Square, that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so that aspect of it, that social aspect of it is also incredibly important. Um, so we make investments in areas that um, either do one or the other or do both. You know, I think one, you know, one thing that people say is, oh, that's not real metaverse because it's not a decentralized platform. That's not real metaverse because that's not in VR. That's not real metaverse because it's not massively multiplayer. To me, it's not so important whether it's like officially metaverse or not. The word, the word means very little anymore. To me, I think of it from kind of more first principles is our good business here. So there's good businesses in, in VR that have nothing to do with social, like uh, industrial training for hazardous materials, right? You know, um, instead of just reading a book or watching a video to actually practice handling these hazardous materials in VR. And there's real, there's there's big games, um, there's there's big businesses like our, our investment rec room, um, which has a lot of VR users, but is not exclusively VR at all. And, you know, more of the users are on mobile than on, uh, than on VR. And that's powerful because it's massively multiplayer. So I think each of these aspects is important. Each of these aspects can create values in different ways. And we don't get too hung up on what the actual definition of metaverse is. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's our same point of view as well. Um, you know, the stages of development in the, in the ecosystem, and that's kind of how I like to frame it as well, is the ecosystem um, is, you know, from your lens, because you're seeing a lot come your way, which is, you know, what's already happening? versus, you know, where you think the space is going. And I, I think the point of that question is really to understand, you know, where are we today versus, you know, where we, you think we're going and tangible kind of um, value creation that's happening. And you talked about Rec Room and some others, um, just anything else you have around, you know, what's happening today uh, to level set that, you know, we hear the term metaverse and generally speaking, what people tend mm -hmm. to think is, you know, that's 10 years out. Um, yeah. But there's some of the aspects of this space that is definitely 10 years out there's a lot of it that's already happening and kind of already started happening at that original investment, you know, that your partner made in Oculus, um, yeah. which was kind of the, you know, the, the seeds to, I think where we are today. So just, you know, where we are today versus where you think we're going. Yeah. So definitely there are, you know, businesses today in quote metaverse doing tens of millions of dollars of revenue that and growing very fast. So, you know, founders, should know that there is a real market here, right? And that there are real businesses to be built here. Um, and even if you look at something like Fortnite, that has a, that is 
you know, that encompasses a lot of the ideas of metaverse, multiplayer, massively multiplayer online social game, right? Um, when it comes to the VR aspect of it, I think that um, the perceptions of this market have been excessively shaped by Facebook uh, or by, by Meta because of how much Meta is investing in this space and how, how dominant that narrative has become for them. So people in a way have lost, like a lot of the tech journalism around VR is really takes on Mark Zuckerberg, right? And um, I would say VR is much, much bigger than Mark Zuckerberg, right? So he is the biggest investor in this space. He's putting billions of dollars in it. He believes in it. I think it's great, and and everyone in the in the industry benefits from it. But you know, the, if if you don't like Meta, or you don't like Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, that has nothing to do with VR. This is a massive technological revolution that is happening right now, and our founders are building businesses that are already big in it right now. So we have a company called Oso VR, and they do surgical training for doctors. Um, so you can imagine. For any doctor out there, any surgeon, someone has got to be their first surgery. You know, you don't want it to be you, right? <laughs> but it's got to be someone. And what Oso VR does is it lets them practice that surgery in VR uh, on a patient who's obviously, you know, not going to be injured by it. So they can practice the motions and the and the and the um, you know physical aspects of his surgery hundreds of times before they do it on a real person. So is this good for the world? I mean, obviously it's good for the world. It helps doctors be better. It, there couldn't be anything more un, uh, you know, undisputably good. And is it a good business? It's an incredible business. They just raised $70 million. Uh, a study just came out that said that they improve surgical um, training by 230%. So, you know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't a small idea. This is a huge idea that's revolutioning, revolutionizing a major part of medicine. If you think Mark Zuckerberg has a weird voice, if you don't like him, that doesn't change the fact that Oso VR is changing the world right in front of us, right? So uh, I think the narrative around and you and I'm not a meta shareholder, so you know I'm not I'm not thinking about this from is, is it good or is it bad that Mark Zuckerberg is doing this? You know, that's a question for 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 the equity analysts. My what I want to make sure people understand is that the VR market is real. The, the, the change that it's representing is real. The power of the technology is incredible. And, um, and I believe very strongly that, uh, that it will be a major part of how people interact with each other um, in the future. So I'm a huge believer in VR and in founders building in VR. And we've, we've invested in incredible companies in this space. Good. And no, that was a good uh, summary of, of all that in the Oso example. Um... You know, I, I love the examples that kind of steer away from the gaming side. Um, mm -hmm. And yep. that's much more like commercial use and, and real world kind of mm -hmm. value for, you know, you and I. Um, yep. I, I think one of my next questions was really going to be around, um, you know, whether you thought uh, Zuckerberg was actually directionally accurate here outside of, you know, dollars spent or anything like that. But, you know, he has, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he's put up, uh, you know, some of those things around. And it's our it's our belief as well, which is. You know, again, and I, I use this over and over again, which is, you know, we all have these physical things and, and I, we think, you know, the concept of the metaverse or whatever is really just digitizing all the physical things that don't need to be physical um, yep. in many ways on plus plus, right? Because there's, you know, mm -hmm. there's other, there's use cases that come from this that don't even have a physical kind of uh, counterpart uh, mm -hmm. to compare to. 
Um, so again, yeah, that was, that was that question. You know, they announced the Quest Pro. What do you think about you know the product in general? Uh, what do you think it you know ultimately signals? This was much more of a mixed reality device, uh, mm -hmm. which has the pass through capabilities. You know, this is the first one from them. Um, yeah. Quest Two was obviously a a, a home run uh, device from them. Um, now they're they're signaling something. So I just wanted to get your point of view of the device plus the signal that uh, you're kind of pulling from it. Yep. So directionally, do I believe that Mark Zuckerberg is correct here? Absolutely. I think he's seeing what a lot of other people aren't seeing and what a lot of other people don't have the courage to invest really strongly towards. So I think when you think of the founder CEO and the conviction that that enables and the kind of confidence and um, you know unflappability of Zuckerberg, I I'm, I'm uh, in strong admiration of it. Um, now with the Quest Pro, you know, they're definitely signaling their um, interest, Meta's interest in professional applications. Um, the device is much more comfortable, much clearer optics. It's definitely a super premium device, vastly better controllers. Um, and most importantly, the device can reflect your facial expression to the person on the other end, right? So normally, if you're just shut out from the outside world, the other person can't, can't see you. And what I think is, um, what I think people don't quite get yet about VR is that the single greatest thing it can do is connect you to another person. And I've talked to people in VR chat. I talked to a 16-year-old boy who said that he, you know, had social anxiety. He had depression. He didn't like going to school. Um, he kind of, he, he was having a lot of um, problems in his physical life. In VR chat, he was he came to life. He was a, the most entertaining guy in the room. He he was a great storyteller. And then after some while, I you know I got into this conversation about him and found that this guy's living a great life with this technology, right? So why? Because it's helping him connect to another person, which is what Facebook's mission has always been since day one, right? And so I think what Facebook found is that if you just connect people over over a two D screen. Um, it kind of brings out the worst in them. But what I found in VR is that when you connect with someone in 3D, you know, it kind of brings in those social norms that we have when we meet someone in real life. The kind of things that people say to each other over Twitter or Facebook, they never say to someone in real life, right? People, when they meet someone at the grocery store, they're, they're pretty chill with each other. And so, um, and so the Quest Pro is really the vanguard device for this remote connection. Um, and I would say that it's not just a substitute for um, it's not just a substitute for a physical experience. It's not just, hey, I can now do in VR, you know, what I could do by flying. It actually enables capabilities that have never existed before. An example, one of our company's inner world, they do coaching um, in um, VR, like cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a group of, um, of people in there who get to participate completely anonymously. So their avatars, they, they speak as their avatars, but they can get coaching in a way where the other person never knows their identity. They never see their real face. That helps them open up in a certain way. Um, and the CEO of Innerworld, Noah, um, was talking about how um, in, in some cases, first responders you know, paramedics, um, uh, police officers, firefighters 
there's a culture of not wanting or not being not wanting to be seen as seeking this kind of help, but doing it through VR lets them kind of open up in a way that they couldn't otherwise open up. So there are these experiences with that that VR enables that you couldn't buy for any amount of money in the physical world. It it cannot exist. Um, another example I'll give for you is a is a company that we've invested in called Numinos, which is doing travel in VR. So um, the CEOs, um, Daniel and Marcelo, they operate walking tours in Prague. Now with their VR walking tours, you'll be able to go on a walking tour in Prague, but also put on your VR headset and see what was happening here in Prague 300 years earlier. Hmm. You can't buy that. You know, if you're if you're Jeff Bezos, you can buy a trip to space, but you can't buy you can't buy a time machine. So um, these are the kinds of experiences that that are going to be enabled. But number one, it all gets down to connecting with other people. Um, and the Quest Pro is um, is the business business tool for that. This technology will eventually get into consumer headsets, but I think it's incredibly important. And we have company uh, we have a company called Arthur um, building kind of remote meeting spaces in VR, like Zoom for VR. Um, traction is incredible. Companies growing very fast and people are people are doing this. Boards are having, you know, board meetings in VR. And and the feedback is always that this was much, much better than doing this over a screen. Is it better than I, doing it in person? No, but, um, you know, that's not possible. I mean, uh, a lot of times you can't get together in person, so. Sure, and yeah, and, and you know, board meetings can have hybrid schedules now where, you know, they meet once a year for kind of, you know, uh, much more, a bigger event as opposed to, you know, four quarters uh, or something like that. You know, talk about the talent. Uh, this will be kind of the last question. And then I have, you know, three three uh, you know questions I'm asking everyone. But, you know, around talent, where where's most of the talent coming from in this space? We've had some people from, you know, Nigeria on here. We've had um, um, Iceland. Uh, we've had, you know, um, Croatia. Uh, different yep. areas uh, of the world. It, it sounds like, you know, the talent in this space is less purely, purely, you know, s- traditional Silicon Valley and, and much more just widespread across the globe. And, and that that's yeah, encouraging to say the least. That is definitely true. Um, so the talent in VR, the talent in VR entrepreneurship comes from two different places. One is the people with an experience with experience in building 3D assets. And that's usually been for games. So there's all these game developers that that are supplying a lot of talent to VR, but there's also the domain experts. So our education investment, Prisms of Reality, the CEO Anurupa, she um, she ran math curriculum for New York City public schools for the middle New York, uh, middle school math for the New York City public schools, which gives her the domain experience to build uh, education companies. So if you just came in with pure game development experience, well, you wouldn't know how to sell a product to schools, right? So I think it's the confluence of these two skills. One is the domain expertise in a particular, you know, line of business, and the other is the actual ability to, you know, build these three D um, to build these three D worlds. Third is um, the ability to build the actual VR experience, and that's smaller. That's a smaller group of people, but it is widely distributed all over the world. So the two platforms that that these are built in are Unity and Unreal, um, and they are. Unity and Unreal developers are all over the world. Um, you know, our companies we see. You know, oh, I have an I have an engineer in Chile. I have an engineer in Peru. One in France. One in um, one in Slovenia. Uh, you know, it's incredible how um, how broadly distributed the technology is. The, the talent. 
Yeah, the talent levels. Cool. So, yeah. So three questions I'll uh, I'll I'll leave you with. You know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of baseball, uh, you know, what inning do you think we are in terms of you know quote unquote metaverse uh, one mm-hmm. through nine? We are in the we are in the warm up pitches. So, warm up pitches. Yeah, that's the first one I've heard there. Cool. Um, you know, what's one project? And again, you've said a lot, which is pretty cool. Um, what's one project that you've seen that excites you probably the most, or I'll even twist this question a little bit because you've given so many examples where mm-hmm. it was like that aha moment. You kind of elaborate on that too, but you know, anywhere around, you know, one project that really excites you an aha moment, maybe, um, anywhere you want to go with it. Um, I think one thing that's really, really excites me is, um, the ability of VR and education. Um, and I, I've talked about this earlier, but I really think that, um, there's a tremendous lack of most kids are not getting the best education they could be getting. Mm. And I think that, um, I think that what the results that we've seen early on from VR education are so strong and the, the, the teachers are providing so much feedback about how strong this experience can be, not just because it physicalizes things and makes them real, but also because it shuts out all the other distractions and kind of puts you entirely in this headspace of learning this one topic. I'm incredibly um, excited about this space and I'm excited about this space in terms of how it can benefit people all over the world. So I think it'll be a huge market, you know, ed tech spending. One of the things that I think we don't recognize as U.S. investors often is how, how much private education spending there is all over the world. Um, you know, people spend, you know, essentially their life savings on their education, on their children's education all over the world um, to give their kids the skills that they need. And um, and this can be just incredibly good business and incredibly good for, for the world. Yeah. We, yeah. We love the ed tech space. Um, you know, number three is the hype around the metaverse, you know, overhyped, underhyped or kind of like perfectly hyped uh, uh, in your in your lens. I, I feel the hype around the metaverse is something that operates kind of completely independently to what I do on a day-to-day basis. When I think, when, when I look at, when I talk to, you know, companies like Oso VR, Prisms of Reality, you know, surgical training in VR, um, education in VR, dating in VR, travel in VR, none of it, none of it succeeds or fails based on the hype in VR. It, it succeeds or fails based on, you know, solving the problem for the user. So if you come in and you tell the surgeon, you know, um, we can improve your surgical training by 230%, they don't come and ask you, oh, but I heard like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, <laughs> I heard Meta stock is down 40%. That's, that's not what they say. They right. say, wow, great. Give it to me. So um, so I think this hype is what moves newspapers and gets clicks on blogs, but it's not what moves the needle for a lot of the companies that we work with. For us, for our companies, it's around, you know, um, solving user problems and giving them something that they're willing to pay for. So um, ir- irrelevant. Yeah, no, greatly. That, that was well put. Um, you know, let's stop there. You know, uh, you're a great follow on, you know, Twitter. Where can anyone find more about, you know, yourself, Interact? Just wanted to give you a second there. Sure. Um, you can check out our portfolio of companies and get in touch with us um, at anorak.vc. And if you're a founder raising capital, seed stage or pre-seed capital, um, you can submit your company there right on our website. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Amal Dorai, A-M-A-L-D-O-R-A-I. Thanks, cool. Sean. All right, Amal. Uh, appreciate you having on, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak soon. Thank you.